This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. The heartbeat of Saskatchewan is agriculture. 620 CKRM is proud to be your voice for everything ag. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. And brought to you by Assiniboia Livestock for the most reliable and dependable way to market your livestock. And brought to you by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell, your locally owned Integra Tire dealers. Today we have the latest Sask wheat outlook. Markets remain quite volatile, mainly due to the ongoing Russian invasion of Ukraine. Weather is changing dramatically. With a storm today and clear and much colder weather coming this weekend, we talk with Terry Lang at the Weather Office. Water quality was a key segment of discussion yesterday at the annual Saskatchewan Beef Industry Conference in Saskatoon. We have a two-part feature on it. Real Agriculture looks at international farm trade policy. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnston's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection. And brought to you by Farm Fresh Water. They'll make your well water wonderful and your dugout drinkable. Get your Farm Fresh Water today at farmfreshwater.ca. Wheat markets were quite volatile this past week. Sask Wheat market analyst Michael Wilton says the volatility was partly due to conflicting comments on Russian wheat shipments. In the significant purchases and trades, Algeria bought almost 600,000 tons at around $334 a ton. This was likely either from Russia or the Balkans. Thailand bought 60,000 tons of Feb-March shipment feed wheat at $340 a ton, and 60,000 tons of July feed wheat at $325 a ton. Russia and Ukraine were excluded from these tenders. The Philippines bought around 110,000 tons of April-June feed wheat from Australia. Tunisia bought 125,000 tons of durum at $489.50 a bushel. U.S. commercial wheat sales were above expectations at 473.1 thousand tons. Total U.S. wheat sales are now 15.5 million tons, which is 6% less than last year's pace compared to the USDA's expected 3% decline. And some of the most important news that happened last week, we're going to start briefly in Russia today, as there were conflicting statements from Vladimir Putin and his ag minister last week, which gave the market a bit of volatility. On Tuesday, Vladimir Putin alluded to the potential of restricting Russian exports to achieve, and I quote, stable reserves. This was contradicted by Russia's ag minister saying they had no plans to cut export quotas. It is possible that inclement weather has hurt their winter wheat crop, and Russia is planning for that. It's possible. They could also be using exports as leverage in the ongoing war. We think Russia harvested a massive crop last fall, and we doubt that restrictions will be implemented. With all that said, this situation will need to be watched closely. Okay, over to Canada. Canadian weekly exports continue to be strong. Exporters shipped another 499,000 tons of wheat last week, for a year-to-day total of 9.1 million tons. 
Weekly export amounts continue to indicate that we will well surpass the AAFC's projected 18.9 million ton export number. Most of the wheat exports were out of Vancouver, where there is another 290,000 tons of visible supplies ready to be shipped. The AAFC is predicting that Canadian non-Durham wheat seeded area in 2023 and 24 will be expanded by 4% from last year to 8.2 million hectares. This is very close to our early estimates for next year's acreage. For Durham, Canadian weekly Durham exports were 167.3 thousand tons, which makes for a season total of 2.3 million tons, 88% more than last year. While the Great Lakes are closed and exports to Europe are limited, the recent drop in freight values caused Canadian Durham from the West Coast to work well into the Middle East and Northern Africa. With that said, there is 111,000 tons of Durham supplies sitting in Vancouver, ready to export. Tunisia's Durham purchase was interesting. Tunisia bought 125,000 tons of February-April shipment Durham on Friday. The average price was 492 US dollars a ton. This was 17.4 or 17 dollars and 40 cents US dollars and cents per ton less than their last purchase on December 16th. This backs off to about 14 Canadian dollars and 45 cents a bushel at the elevator in Saskatchewan. This is down by just 24 Canadian cents from what we estimate their last tender calculated back to Saskatchewan as. The small decrease in price is because of the 31% drop in freight values from last month. Viterra reportedly won 25,000 tons of this last Durham tender. Durham bids in Saskatchewan were unchanged from last week at $13.70 a bushel. We are 50% sold our Durham and are inclined to finish Durham sales at about $14 a bushel. In the U.S. The drought in the U.S. Midwest continues to subside as additional snow in Kansas alleviated the intensity of the drought there. Wilton also had further details on grain shipments from war-torn Ukraine and Russia. We already noted about Vladimir Putin and his Ag Minister's conflicting comments about wheat exports. We'll continue to watch this situation closely. Otherwise, there are 121 ships waiting for inspection in Turkey. 28 of them are loaded with agricultural products and 93 are empty. Average wait times are between 2 and 5 weeks. The pace of shipments is slowing, but the number of ships indicate buyers obviously think that the risk and expense of buying Ukrainian grain is worth it. Michael Wilton compiled the latest Sasquatch website market report. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Spalding on 620 CKRM. The weather office says today's stormy, snowy weather will turn cold in the next day or so. Regina's had a couple centimeters of snow, and Environment Canada meteorologist Terry Lang says more is on the way. Well, this Mackenzie uh, system, it's a Mackenzie screamer, meaning it, it originates in the Mackenzie Valley. 
up in the Northwest Territories, but it's driven down by the jet stream that's running from the Northwest to the Southeast. And there's a lot of warm air associated with it, but it has a big push of cold air behind it. So a real classic system that we're looking at here. So there is an area of snow that's pushing its way uh, into the Southeast and East Central sections of the province right now. And some pretty intense snowfall with that, but it very quickly changes to rain. And the temperatures start going up. Unfortunately, the ground is still freezing. So when the rain falls, even though the temperature is above freezing, it's uh, making for some really tricky uh, driving conditions. The temperatures will be quite mild today across southern Saskatchewan uh, and the winds will really start to pick up. We are expecting highs in sort of the, you know, the mid plus range there, like plus five or so for many regions. And wind gusts as high as 90 kilometers per hour associated with this weather system. So we will see the wind sort of ease off a little bit, you know, overnight and then get a little bit more in the way of snow coming through. And then the really cold air starts to settle in. So that's Friday tomorrow. What happens tomorrow? The temperature really starts to take a dive. We won't see positive temperatures for a very long time after today. So we're looking for temperatures to get by Saturday morning. We'll be below the minus 20 mark for sure. Sounds like it's going to be clear and cold. Well, it'll certainly be more clear, I think, starting, you know, more on the on the weekend, just because once we get the Arctic air settling in, it's hard to get a lot of snow out of it, just because it's so dry. And looks like the coldest temperatures will probably be around Wednesday, Thursday morning, where we could go below the minus 30 mark. What about the highs? Is that the high for the day or the cold for the day? That's the overnight low. The highs will struggle to reach Wednesday, Thursday around, you know, above the minus 30 mark. It'd be more like minus 28 or so. And of course, those wind chills with associated with that as well. So pretty bitterly cold. What's the rest of the winter look like? Well, there is for February, it's looking like better probability of below average temperatures and above average precipitation, which would probably be a good thing. And that's for most of southern Saskatchewan. Looking into even longer, sort of that February, March, April, it's still indicating that we could be running that pattern of sort of below average temperatures, but no discernible pattern for precipitation for those three months. Terry Lang is a meteorologist with Environment Canada. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney on 620CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update. Bring the energy of Real Ag Radio to your next customer meeting or conference. From your stage, we'll record an episode in person to inform and provide insight on the latest in agriculture. Email advertising at realagriculture.com to learn more about this unique keynote opportunity. This week, I had a chance to talk to Dr. Joe Outlaw from Texas A&M University. We had a discussion about the future of trade battles. And will the future trade battleground be all around climate and environmental policy as countries take each other to task on how they are really just subsidizing industries masked by climate? Here's what Dr. Outlaw had to say. You know, it's, it's interesting. You, you reference back to the Trump administration where we saw a lot of ad hoc payments being paid out during that phase one trade negotiation. Uh, we've seen some of those payment programs change and be very attached to climate initiatives. Um, do, do you see future trade battles with trading partners being about 
some of this climate funding that's being distributed? Because the U.S. isn't the only country doing it. Uh, it's happening in the EU. It's happening in Canada. Uh, is this kind of the next trade battleground? I, I really think it is because the the issue isn't um, everyone. Okay, so everyone wants to do right by the world, but at the same time, they want it. They want to advantage themselves. And the EU has jumped out pretty quickly, talking about, uh, and they've already done that. Uh, they passed this already with, uh, uh, you know, try. You, you've got to prov- provide some sort of uh, carbon scorecard on the on the commodities on certain things, so you're not going to be trading with them, or it's gonna you're gonna get a different price. And that's really what it evolves down to is another another round of protectionism in the name of doing right by the world. So we can say this: it's you get you can. It's very apparent. This is where we're going, and and, and a lot of commodities in this country, the the groups are saying that uh, you know they're 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 falling behind in, in a crop that you wouldn't think about much here, but cotton has already uh, adopted uh, something like all their protocols because they're trying to be able to compete with the Brazils of the world, and you know the question is. When do you do the accounting? Do you do the accounting when they burn the rainforest down, or do you start after they do that? Because if you do it before, I think we stand a pretty good uh, comparison. If you do it after, you know they they can get us several crops out of the same ground in a year, and it, it makes it that much harder. So, so, at some point, and one of the things that I'd, I'd love to be, I'd love for the folks, the smart people over in Europe, uh, to 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 come up with this is that. They have been working with these this climate emphasis for 40 years, and they have all these different programs, and the, the name escapes me right now, but you probably know what it is, where all the leading scientists of the world come and they put out these protocols, and this is where the world is at. And, and yet, in 40 years, they've never defined what's the right way to test the soil, ever. And so we have you leave you leave people to their own interpretations or their own company standards, and that gives you an unlevel playing field across the world. And it's the dumbest thing I think I've ever seen, uh, really, in all the ag policy I've ever worked on. Yeah. It, 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 when it works its way into the trade realm at a time where there's a lot of concerns about the WTO's not only ability to be you know fast in its decision making, but also countries' willingness to follow some of those trade rules, it really creates a little bit of a wild west kind of scenario it seems i think we're as close in this country to saying the heck with our we we pay on base acres which is a historical planted acres and we don't play on current plantings because of wto considerations i think we're as close to scrapping that as we've ever been because one the wto seems to be less um i guess a better way to say it's more toothless than ever and and two is just that there's not we have we have a lot of farmers in this country that are no longer farming but they have base so they're getting payments when there's crops have have problems and and so the base is really not allocated 100% where it needs to be and that's one of the things in this farm bill is going to look at trying to move but because of that I think we're as close and this is something I worked with Colin Peterson on uh, in the uh, 14 farm bill to say look at some point, we're going to decide that this base concept is, is archaic. We need to move away from it. But there's always this big fear of the WTO. But frankly, there's, there, there are people, including myself, that say we need to do what we need to do. And if we get sued, 
then in the 10 years it takes for a case to actually get resolved, we could probably fix what we had changed. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agri-weather forecast on the voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. The Real Agriculture Report has been brought to you by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell, your locally owned Integra Tire dealers. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Today, 5 centimeters of snow mixed with some rain. Wind west 30, gusting to 50, becoming northwest 50, gusting to 80 early this afternoon. The high today, plus 3, we have reached that high already. Tonight, 60% chance of light snow, the low minus 10. Friday, light snow again, wind northeast 20. A high minus 9 tomorrow, the low minus 26. Then it turns cold. Saturday, sunny, the high minus 20, the low minus 23. Sunday, partly cloudy, the high minus 22, the low minus 26. Monday, sunny, the high minus 16, the low minus 22. Tuesday, sunny, the high minus 17, the low minus 25. Wednesday, sunny, with a high forecast of minus 20. Normal high for this date is minus 10. The normal low, minus 22. The sun rose at 842 this morning. It sets at 540 tonight. And currently in the province, the hot spot is Maple Creek at plus 5. The cold spot, again, Uranium City at minus 16. Estevan minus one, Saskatoon plus three, Swift Current plus two, Weyburn plus two, Yorkton is minus four. Cloudy in Regina plus three, that's 37 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the west-northwest at 43, gusting to 55. Humidity is 83%, the barometer falling 100.1. Cloudy in Moose Jaw plus three, winds are from the west-northwest 43, gusting to 60. Once again, Regina cloudy in three degrees, that's 37 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. This spring, apply pre-emergent Edge Microactive Group 3 herbicide from Gowan Canada before seeding your canola, peas, or lentils. Maximize yield today and manage resistance tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers, mcdougalauctions.com. And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems, expect the best. Water quality was one of the topics discussed during the Cattle College portion yesterday at the Saskatchewan Beef Industry Conference going on in Saskatoon. The Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture offers free water testing for surface water supplies, wells and even test wells. Alicia Sopatic is the Livestock and Feed Extension Specialist in Tisdale. You know, you really can't manage what you don't measure. Without those visual symptoms, we don't know. And that doesn't mean that we need to stick our head in the sands and not pay attention to them, because it is good to know. If you know more, um, you are able 
to deal with it a lot better. We also have to look at times of year. So in the summertime, evaporation, animals drinking, depending on your rain or runoff, recharge going into there, the mineral levels can become even more concentrated and unsuitable. Water quality for cattle and other types of livestock is extremely important. Water quality intake can affect the feed intake, the absorption of nutrients, overall productivity. We're looking at pounds and gains, um, herd health and things like that. Basically, it's complicated. That doesn't mean that it's not manageable, but knowing what you have is really important because there are lots of parameters that come into play. One of the most common problems we do see is the high sulfate scenario. And really, I'm going to sound like a broken record again. There are lots of parameters to be testing for that can cause problems. But the high sulfates can cause a toxicity scenario themselves, depending on the level. Um, You can get extreme toxicity causing blindness, polio, and death. On that subclinical level, secondary copper deficiency and things like that, all affecting our productivity and our bottom line. Sulfate levels can be tested using a conductivity meter as a screening tool. Anything less than 2,000 for conductivity is generally safe. Um, If you haven't tested that source before or have other concerns, we can certainly test that. Anything in between the 2,000 to 6,500, that's generally a cautionary range from a sulfate perspective, and so those can be sent to the lab for further testing. Then anything over that 6,500, just basically unsuitable from a sulfate perspective. Over the last three years, about half all provincial water samples tested had sulfate levels that were totally safe. About 40% were in the cautionary category, just under 10% were unsuitable. Most of the unsuitable samples came from southern or central regions of Saskatchewan. After the break, we'll what to do if your water quality is less than ideal. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumberyard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com Water quality for cattle was discussed at the Beef Industry Conference yesterday in Saskatoon. Alicia Sapatic is the Livestock and Feed Extension Specialist with the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture in Tisdale. Typically, we do expect groundwater to be more stable year to year. That also depends on um, where that wellhead is. If it's new or old, the construction of it, if it's in a low spot and you have runoff going um, through it, that may um, impact not necessarily on a sulfate perspective, although it could, um, maybe more on a nitrate perspective if you have corrals nearby and things like that. So other factors to keep in mind there for sure. Sopatic outlines the best time to test for water quality best time to test for for dugouts or surface sources I would say after the spring runoff will give you a good indication of what you'll start with um, for that summer grazing season Um, that'll also establish that baseline if you do have a cautionary range after that um, that initial runoff uh, you know that it will likely concentrate depending on what the heat is and the the volume that the cattle are drinking and all those kinds of things throughout the summer so she spoke yesterday at the Saskatchewan Beef Industry Conference in Saskatoon. That's Alicia Sopatic, the Provincial Livestock Feed and Extension Specialist in Tisdale. Here's the market updates with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. 
Market update brought to you by Freeze Tallman Lumber. Since 1956, Freeze Tallman has been your trusted building material supplier for every type of project. Freeze Tallman in Regina and Fort Capel. And Farm Fresh Water, they'll make your well water wonderful and your dugout drinkable. Get your Farm Fresh Water today at farmfreshwater.ca. Grain prices were reflecting an upward trend in early trading today. Viterra prices for canola rose $4.90 at seven eighty seven ninety two. Number one red spring wheat gained a dollar sixty seven at four thirteen ninety nine. The rest were unchanged. Durham four fifty five twenty six. Feed barley three fifty six fifty seven. Chickpeas one sixteen forty five. Flax six seventy two ninety eight. Lentils six ninety four forty. Oats two twenty nine thirty two. Yellow peas four sixty three twenty nine. And feed wheat two eighty nine fifty six. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange, hard red spring wheat for March went up nine and a quarter cents at nine eighteen and three quarters cent a bushel. It's the livestock reports on the Voice of Saskatchewan, six twenty CKRM. The livestock quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn Livestock eight four two forty five seventy four. Now the latest livestock quotes. Good afternoon. This is the Yorkton Heartland Livestock Market Report for the week of January 25th. Another huge pre-search sale here with 27.50 in the short, 575 cows and bulls, a total of 33.25 for the day. This cow and bull market was three to four lower here. D1, D2 cows, 80 to 90, sales to a dollar, dollar one on these high yielding kind of cows. D3 cows, 70 to 80, cows are averaging 86 and a quarter. Good bulls, 115 to 125, sales to 129, 130, bulls are averaging 116. Onto the pre-search sale, and what a sale that was. Selling strong and active, and it was higher in spots. Listen up, guys. 425-pound black steers, 352. 500-pounders, 329. 575-pound steers, 309. 650-pound black steers, 298. My favorite pen, 710-pound tan steers, 274. A package of 77 red black exotic steers weighing 800 pounds topped out at 257. 850s at 250, 950 pound steers 233, and 1,000 pounders at 215. On the heifer side, 425 pound black little heifers, there was 42 in this package at 271. 500 pound black heifers, 266. 575 pound heifers, 252. 650 pound tan heifers, 236. And another package of 650 pound black heifers, there was 83 in this package at 235, 710-pound heifers, 229. Package of replacement heifers, 750-pound red-black exotic heifers at 225. 800-pounders, 224, and 850-pound heifers, 217. The highlight of the morning was 113 black steers weighing 640 pounds at 298. And this Friday, January 27th, first bred cow and heifer sale. Consigned so far 300 breads with three herd dispersals. We have the black cows from Malinowski's of Yorkton. We have the tan and red cows. We have a set of red white-faced cows, bred heifers, bred speckle, and some cow captors. This sale will be on DLMS. Sale starts at 11 o'clock. That's it for this week at Heartland Yorkton. I'm Harvey Exner. Have a good day. And the latest pork price quotes, $182.26 per CKG. Coming up, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report. 
Brought to you by Second Look Online Auction. Visit 2ndlookonlineauction.com to see what's up for bid. Stocks are ticking higher on Wall Street following reports suggesting the economy and corporate profits in the U.S. may be doing better than feared. Big swings may still be ahead, though, as each of the reports guiding the market at both positives and negatives for investors. The headliner showed the overall U.S. economy held up better through the last three months of 2022 than economists expected. On the earnings front, reports from Tesla and others helped build optimism a day after worries flared following forecasts from Microsoft widely seen as discouraging. Stats Canada says the number of job vacancies fell by 2.4% in November to their lowest level since August 2021. The agency says the number of job vacancies across all sectors in Canada was down 20,700 at 850,000 for the month. The job vacancy rate, which measures the number of vacant positions as a proportion of total labour demand, was 4.8% in November, the lowest rate since June 2021. Stats Canada says the number of job vacancies fell in the professional, scientific and technical services category by 18%, while healthcare and social assistance vacancies dropped 12.8%. The number of vacancies in construction rose 16%. There were 1.2 unemployed people for every job vacancy in November and up from the low of 1.0 in June. On the markets, the TSX is up one point at 20,600. The Dow has gained eight points to 33,752. Oil has gone up a dollar three at 81.18 a barrel. The Canadian dollar is at 74.90 cents US. That's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. Good afternoon and good farming. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of the broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, following the 12 o'clock news, on your voice for everything ag, 620 CKRM. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicide.